This is the voice of revival. Our mission is to revive the world by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now let's hear the Lord's servant. And let's also be on our feet and appreciate our spiritual father and mother, Reverend and Mrs. Ampia Kofi. I don't know why somebody may still be sitting, but let's give honor to our parents. Let's give honor for what God uses them to do in our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let's have our seats. Let's have our seats. And uh, I hope the minstrels are still around. Today, we'll, maybe we we'll worship much more. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Father, in Jesus' name, we are grateful unto you for your love, for your mercy. We thank you for bringing us into your presence one more time. We know that this is not a coincidence, but you have guided us today as part of your predetermined plans to stir us up to serve you, to stir us up to be a blessing to our generation. We ask, O oh God, in the name of Jesus, that your perfect will be done. Spirit of God, take total control over the service today. I pray for utterance and I pray for the grace of understanding and the grace of obedience to accompany whatever you tell us today. In Jesus' name, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Now, in the month of February, we were looking at a lot of things because it was our month of love and uh, there were many things we discussed. We were supposed to finish last week, but God in his sovereignty uh, brought our papa to be a blessing. And so whatever we need to do as a way of finishing, we will shift it to another time because this month it's a month of evangelism. Hallelujah. I thought you would clap. Hallelujah. This is a month of evangelism. And a lot of things we are going to be looking at because I believe strongly that God wants us to become bridge builders in our generation. In every generation, you will see God having to need certain people that he will work through for the deliverance and salvation of that generation. Hallelujah. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter 6. Genesis, chapter 6, verse 5. Or let me just take from the beginning. And I love to read from the NIV. When human beings began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw the daughters of humans were beautiful and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortals. Their days will be a hundred and twenty years. Verse 4, the Nephilim 
were on the earth in those days. And also afterward, when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them, they were the heroes of old, men of renown. Verse 5. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of human heart was only evil all the time. Hallelujah. Now, when you go to the verse 9, or let me just, I want, because of time, I wanted to skip some stuff, but I think they are all important. The verse 6, let's just read it. It will bless us. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created, and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground. For I regret that I have made them. Verse 8. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Hallelujah. I pray that when everyone else is going against the will of God, when everybody around you, when everybody in your generation choose to disobey God, and even if God decides to destroy the world, he will find you as a bridge builder. God will find you as somebody that through you, he can reach out to the dying world. Verse 9 said, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Hallelujah. When you continue to read, you will understand from the chapter 7 verse 1, Genesis chapter 7 verse 1, the Bible said, the Lord then said to Noah, go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Now, we are not in Noah's generation. Noah is not here. Hallelujah. But this is another generation. And you are in this generation. And God is still looking for people who will avail themselves that in their generation, he will use them to bring the lost to him. Now, it's amazing. Every generation has its kind of evil that they deal with. Hallelujah. Today, we are dealing with people who boldly are seeking to be allowed to be homosexuals. It is an evil in our time. There are many things that confront our generation. There are many people who are lost in sin. Noah is not here with us, but you are here. And God should find you a dependable person that he will use in your generation. Hallelujah. It is an error when God cannot count on you in your generation. It means that you have become irrelevant to God. But I pray in Jesus' name that you will be relevant to God. I pray in Jesus' name that when God looks down and sees you, 
He will say that you are a valuable person. You are somebody I can work with. You are somebody I can save other people in your school with, in the name of Jesus. At the workplace, may God look at you and say that even though everyone is corrupt in that office, you are one person I can depend on to bring my message to the lost in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, another characteristic of generations is that you will always see that those who do the right thing are in the minority. Hallelujah. You will notice that those who do the right thing, they are in the minority. In the time of Noah, it was only Noah and his family that made it into the ark. But before that time, Noah was continuously warning the people of the coming judgment, but they did not listen to him. It took Noah and the family. Now, another important thing you need to know, in our day and time, it matters who you are connected to in a generation. Because concerning Noah, just because he believed, his family was also saved. Hallelujah. I hope you are getting it. Just because Noah believed, his family was saved. The wives of the sons of Noah were also saved because of their connection. I pray in the name of Jesus that when Jesus returns, you will be found in the right company. Hallelujah. Some of us, when we are positioned, if Jesus should come today, our company would disqualify us. The people we are working with will disqualify us. Once God is counting on us to use us to save our world, the company we are keeping is making us irrelevant in the eyes of God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Hebrews 10, 24. I'm saying some serious things. I don't know if you are getting it. One of the key questions you must begin to answer right now. Am I somebody God can use? Am I somebody God can count on? The counting on is the issue. Can God count on you to be a vehicle that he will use to save your world, to save your friends, to save your family? There are some of us we cannot even preach to our closest friends because of how we are living our lives. But question is, can God count on you? Noah was righteous in his generation. You are also in your generation. Can God count on you? And let us, Hebrews 10, 24, and let us consider how we may spar one another unto us love and good deeds. Give me the NIV. We'll look at it in some other versions. The New Living Translation, good, you got it. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us do what? Think of ways through which we can motivate one another to acts of love and good works. 
There are people who sit down and they calculate how they can make others to sin. Hallelujah. There are people who sit down and they devise ways of causing people to commit sin. May the Lord help me. Hallelujah. Don't, oh my God. Some scriptures are coming. Revelations 2.14. We'll come back to this, this passage. We'll come back here. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. You have people there who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin by eating food sacrificed to idols and by committing sexual immorality. There are people, <laughs> do, you, do, do you get a scripture? There are those who teach others how to sin. There are people who are crafty. They can sit down and they say, how can we destroy this girl's life? How can we destroy this guy's life? How can we prevent Christian activities from this school? There are people who devise things like that. But when you go to Hebrews 10.24, God said, we also must be strategists. We also must be thinkers. But our thinking and strategy should be to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Ask the one sitting by you, what influence do you have on the people around you? Ask, ask somebody. Ask them. No, no, ask them. Don't, are you afraid of them? Ask them. Ask, ask boldly. Ask them, what influence do you have on the people around you. Hallelujah. Verse 25. Verse 25. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. Do you see again? Do, do you see another one another there? We have a responsibility. But encourage one another Especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So we have the responsibility to motivate each other to good works. We have the responsibility not to neglect meeting together. We have the responsibility to encourage one another. But more importantly, because Jesus is coming soon. If Jesus should come today, which company will he find you in? Hallelujah. Thank God for Noah. And I pray that you will be the Noah of your time. That when all others choose to sin, when all others choose to party, when all others choose to do whatever they want to do, God will find you as a reliable, pure, righteous vessel to use. Let me show you other instances. I really want you to understand something. I'm laying a foundation today. I really want you to understand that God will always use people. We are talking about evangelism. Angels will not come down. God himself will not come, come down. 
God will always use people to reach people. Hallelujah. So it is a disservice to God if he cannot count on you. I'm telling you. And many of us, after this message, we must have a rethink. Many of us, we are not soul-oriented. Many of us, we are not burdened about anything. Second Peter chapter 2. Second Peter chapter 2. Let me, let me show you something. Verse 8. Or let's take it from verse 5. Verse 5. And God did not spare the ancient world except for Noah and the seven others in his family. Do you see that? How come I pray that when Jesus comes, eh, we will make it to heaven? It's not about coming to church. I'm telling you, it's not about coming to church. It's not about coming. It's, this is not school. You come and then you say, you mention your name. And now to our Solomon, presence say. No, that's not, this is not school. We do that. Hallelujah. The Bible said that those who name the name of the Lord must depart from evil. So it's not about appearance. There must be an evidence of your belongingness to God. Noah was a righteous person. God can use anybody, but God cannot use you until he has reproved you and refined you. So, for Noah to be a vessel, he must be different from the people he's going to preach to. Hallelujah. I'll show you very soon. you see that God can use anybody. Even God can use a prostitute. God can use a failure. But before God uses them, you will see that God will always work on them. You can't preach salvation if you are not saved yourself. So God will change your position so you can reach out to others. So when I say that, are you a dependable vessel? It's a question. And God did not spare the ancient world except for Noah and the seven others in his family. Only eight people were saved in the days of Noah. Only eight. Only eight people were saved in the days of Noah. In the time of Daniel, everybody that was taken into captivity in Babylon, they all went to bow, hello, to the golden image of the king. But the three Hebrew boys, how many people? Three. How many? Three. How many? Three. But a lot of people were taken into captivity. But only three said, we will not defile ourselves. Plus Daniel, four. Only four of them. Only four. So the people who usually do the right things are in the minority in every generation. In every generation. We all come to church. We all come to church. But the details of our lives within the week, when God looks at some of us, he is weeping because he's depending on us to reach out to the world. But the very things we are to tell the world not to do is the very thing we are doing. We are causing God a lot of loss. If it's a business, it's a big loss. Hallelujah. Look at this. 
Noah won the world of God's righteous judgment. What did Noah do? He won the world. He did not condone the evil. He did not practice it. He didn't join them, but he won them. I'm trying to get you to a place to find out if really you are a vessel in the hands of God. He didn't condone evil. He didn't buy into evil. I don't know if the scripture is right, but it should be Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. If, if it's wrong, we'll search it, we'll get it. But which tells us that we must not condone evil doing, but we must expose it. Go back to verse 4, verse 3, verse 4. Let me see. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Sex sins have no place among God's people. Continue. 5, 11. All right. 5, verse 11. See, these are all the things that should not be part of us. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. Do you see our attitude? This is what our attitude should be. Noah warned the world of the coming judgment. He didn't practice the same evil. He didn't do what they were doing. Rather, he warned them. And the Bible is telling us here that we must not take part in worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. So if you are doing what you ought to be exposing, can God depend on you? Hallelujah. Turn to your friends and say, this is our month of evangelism. Oh, you have to say it boldly. This is our month of evangelism. And ask your friend, can God depend on you? Can God count on you as a vessel in your generation, in your school, in your church, at the workplace, in your family, wherever you find yourself, can God count on you? Hallelujah. Let's go back to 2 Peter chapter 2. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 6. Verse 6. Later, God condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and turned them into heaps of ashes. He made them an example of what will happen to ungodly people. Let's continue. But God also rescued Lot out of Sodom because he was a righteous man who was sick of the shameful immorality of the wicked people around him. Attitude number three. The Bible said Noah warned. We look at Ephesians 5.11. We must not take part in worthless deeds, but do what? Expose them. Look at the third attitude. Noah, sorry, Lord was a righteous man who was sick of the shameful immorality of the wicked people around him. Can I ask you another question? Are you sick of the evil in our day or nothing concerns you? There are some of us, we are those who rather share profane things. May God help this generation. We are rather the people who promote wrong things. 
But the Bible said Lot was sick. I don't know how to express it. He was, he was sick. He was tired. He was fed up with, with fornication. He was fed up with adultery. He was fed up with sodomy. He was fed up with arm robbery. He was fed up with, with, with sakawa, blood money. He was fed up with prostitution. He was fed up with all the evil. He was fed up of young people, teenagers, going into arm robbery. He was fed up with the evil that was happening around. Listen to me. Until you carry a burden, you cannot be relevant. Until you become a burden bearer, you can't be relevant. It takes a certain burden for you to wake up and say you are doing dumb broadcast. It takes a certain burden to travel across regions doing missions. It takes a certain burden to close from lectures and in the evening you say you are doing evangelism. Something must be driving you. The Bible said Lot was sick. He was sick. He was sick. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing lecture. Everything I'm preaching, there must be a to-do list. And the to-do list is in the form of questions I'm asking you. What are you sick of? Let me give you a secret. If you want to know your purpose in life, one of the ways to know your purpose in life is to find out what burdens you, what troubles you. If nothing troubles you, you have not started on the journey of relevance. And if you are not a burden bearer, you cannot effectively win souls. Something must drive you to win souls. Hallelujah. There are people who can be in church and they are in a hurry for church to close so that they will go and watch football. They have a strong passion. When you mention Manchester United, it's like a spirit has come over them from overseas. Some red devils. Some, some, some foreign spirit has come over their life. The blues, that you see the way they go. Uh -huh. Exactly. Yay, the blues. Some spirit, blue spirit comes over their life. Hallelujah. Real Madrid. Ha! The fire. Energy. But when they hear that a man killed a small girl after raping the girl, mm, nothing moves them. When they watch the news and they see 13, 14, 17 young people in armed robbery, mm, they are fine. They can sleep. You can't be a vessel in the house of God like that. Something must trouble you. Something must move you. Something must ginger you. Something must give you sleepless nights. Hallelujah. Have you found that in troubling you? Anybody here? Is there anything that troubles you? Are you tired of the wickedness in our world today? Somebody can go into parliament and make a case for homosexuals. It doesn't move you. You're like, oh, it's normal. It's part of the end time. Even if it is part of the end time, don't you know what surrounds the end time? That some will go to heaven and some will go to hell. The fact that people will go to hell alone should burden you. And I pray that you yourself, you will not miss it. Hallelujah. I said, I pray that you yourself will not miss it. Let's continue. Verse 8. Yes, Lot was a righteous man. See the description that 
all of them have from Noah to Lot. Lot was a righteous man who was tormented in his soul. He was sick. Now the Bible is saying what? He was. So the love that bound Paul to preach is telling us that we also have received the same ministry of reconciliation. We are also to bring other people to the saving knowledge of Christ. To the extent that even if it is your status, you will be preaching, you will be posting some things there for people to read. And when they read it, their soul is touched. Because today evangelism or preaching is not only at the pulpit. You can preach anyway. I've put things on my status and people responded. You realize that it was a timely message for them. Even on my status, even on Facebook, I had people who called me and said, you posted this on your Facebook and they are calling for more advice. There was a lady who, who I, I spoke to within this week. I thought I knew her. She said, no, 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 we have not met before. No, no, it was just a WhatsApp platform. But on the same WhatsApp platform, there are people who go to church on Sunday, but within the weekday, they'll be posting emojis and stickers of women's breasts on their WhatsApp status. No, it's true. They come to church on Sunday, but you check their conversation within the week on their WhatsApp platform. They are posting women's breasts. Can God count on you? Can you be the Noah of your generation? Hallelujah. Take me back. Today, I, see we, I think we are staying a bit at 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 2. Where were we? Verse 7. Verse 7. But God also rescued Lot out of Sodom because he was a righteous man who was sick of the shameful immorality of the wicked people around him. Verse 8. Yes, Lot was a righteous man who was tormented in his soul by the wickedness he saw and heard day after day. Did you see that? Did you see the dimensions? What he saw and what he heard. What he saw and what he heard tormented him. When you hear of an accident that 22 people have died, 23 people have died, nothing moves you. The last time I checked the coronavirus, more than, if I'm right, more than 2 million people, if I may be giving a less figure, more than 2 million people have died. Hello? Question is, where are they going to? Where are they going to? Heaven or hell? Where are they going to? Verse 9. So you see, the Lord knows how to rescue godly people from their trials, even when keeping the wicked under punishment until the day of final judgment. So there's a judgment coming. But when you go to, I believe it's 2 Peter 3, 9. Look at this. There's a judgment coming. But look at what the Bible says. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. As some people think, no, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent for your sake. Hello? And when God says for your sake, eh, it's not just you, but the many people who are supposed to hear of Christ through you. There are many of us, we have not started doing what God wants us to do. 
Romans chapter 8, verse 19. For all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. NIV. NIV. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be what? To be revealed. King James. King James. For the endless expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. Do, 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 do you get it? Yeah. If Papa were not to respond to the call of God to preach to us, some of us would not have been here. Let me tell you, my God, thank you, Holy Spirit. Matthew 25, but listen to this. When you sit down and refuse to preach the gospel, when you sit down and refuse to reach out to others, you are wicked. You are one of the most wicked people on earth. You are more wicked than the arm robber because the arm robber cannot save himself. No, you don't know. Some of you sitting there, you are, you are more wicked than a murderer. You don't, it's true. You don't, do you know why? Because the murderer cannot save himself. The armed robber cannot save himself. The prostitute cannot save himself. The fornicator cannot save herself or himself. Somebody must preach the word, the gospel, for them to hear, believe, and be saved. So when you refuse to preach, you are more wicked than that person. Because because of you, the person is still in the sin that he or she is committing. So you can imagine how many people have gone to hell just because you refuse to preach. Just because you refuse to obey God. Just because you love football more than you love Jesus. I'm not saying what, playing football is wrong. Or watching football is wrong. Get me right. But what controls you? The controlling factor. Can you be watching football and then you see somebody passing and then the Spirit of God prompts you and tells you that this man, this man is not saved. And the way you see the man, it looks like the man can die any moment from now. Then you are like, no, no, later, 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 because of the football. God controls you. Hallelujah. God controls you. And can you be a dependable vessel for God to use in your generation? The world is waiting for the expectation for the manifestation of the sons of God. So there are people who are waiting for you. E Emmanuel, right? Emmanuel. If you know how many people are waiting for you. Because I was talking to somebody within the week, then when I finished, I said, hey, but now you have reached out to more than 20,000 young people. I said, yeah, the last time I checked, more than 30,000. Yeah. If I were to refuse to obey God, most people will not have heard it. How many people have gone to hell so far because you refuse to obey God? Those of you who have come back from school, like our sister here, Christabel, question is, how many souls have been won in your school since you went back? If zero, then may the story be, by the time you are vacating and coming again, you would have won some souls for Jesus. It is that practical and that simple. How many people are you reaching out to? Or you are joining them to twerk in the dormitory. You are joining them to shake your buttocks 
and take videos. How can you preach to them? You are joining them to devise how to get the girls. How can you preach to them? Whilst the world is waiting for your manifestation. Hallelujah. See that the response to the message today is not like when we're talking about sex. When we're talking about sex, this whole place was on fire. People were standing. People were doing like this. People were shouting, yay! Because we're talking about sex. Hallelujah. But today, everybody here, ding. but it's good that way. Alright? Because this is a message to get you to think. Because many of us here, we are at fault. We are guilty. So it's not a message to be standing and shouting. Hallelujah. Now, I think some things we can't do today. We'll shift it to next week. Our time is far gone. I was showing you that God always needs people. I mentioned Lot. We have also looked at what? Noah. Hallelujah. Let me give you the next example. Acts chapter 16, verse 27. Today I will remain there and establish the fact that God needs you. God needs you. Acts 16, 27. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. This was when Paul and Silas were put in prison for preaching, for delivering a young damsel who was occupied and possessed by a spirit of divination. What are you suffering for God? All your pain is boyfriend broken heart, girlfriend broken heart. How you don't have some money in your pocket. How they've not promoted you at the workplace. I hope you are getting it. But your broken heart, your pain, your suffering, none is connected to working for God. First Peter chapter 4 verse 15. We'll come back here, don't worry. Eh? You have to write down the scriptures, then you go and study them. If you suffer, so there is suffering. I hope you are getting it. Some people don't evangelize because of suffering. Yeah, I don't have money in my pocket. Why should I go and be preaching to people? If I go, how would they know that God is on my side when they look at me like this? Mm -mm. When we continue, you will see that you don't understand the gospel. You don't understand, you don't understand evangelism. At least if you think that you are poor and you can't preach to the rich people, preach to your fellow poor people. Yeah, yeah it's that simple. If you think that poverty is a reason not to preach, even though you are rich in Christ because you have been saved, but you still believe that because you don't have money in your pocket, you cannot preach. Leave those who have money alone. Go and preach to other people who don't have money. Go and ask them, please, how much do you have? Say, hey, today the ministry, I just have one city. So, oh, you're my friend. I have come to preach to you. Then you preach to them. Because you don't have an excuse not to preach the gospel. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any kind of criminal or even as a meddler. Do you know who's a meddler? Those who put their mouth in other people's business. Busybody. There should be a version that will give us busybody. If not, message NIV. I've read busybody before. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's check another version. 
But if it's because you are a Christian, oh, 15, 15. If they are on you because you broke the law or disturbed the peace, that's a different matter. Give me the NIV. NLT, sorry. NLT. New Living Translation. NLT. If you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, stealing, making trouble, or prying into other people's affairs. I told you I've read that thing before. So you can suffer for putting your mouth in people's issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything you want to talk. Hey, hey, uh, Marie Cruz. Hey, Slay Queen. Hey, this one. Hey, have you heard? Hey, have you heard? Hey, this, this celebrity. Hey, celeb, celeb. Hey, hey, you can talk. And there are those of us in church also. When you hear something, you don't do clarification, you go and be gossiping against your fellow leaders, against Christians, against pastors. Hallelujah. Prying into other people's affairs. You can suffer for that. Just like a murderer or a thief will also suffer. But there's a prescribed suffering for Christians. Go to the next verse. Look at the prescribed suffering. So in case you think that suffering is not part of the business, no, it's a lie. Prescribed suffering. But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah. If you preach this kind of message to young people, they won't like coming to church. Young people, they like to be excited. You want to be excited and go to hell? Yeah, preach a message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do yeah. You don't have to struggle to do yeah in hell. By the time your, your, your one leg enter, yeah, automatically you hear yeah to come up from your mouth like that. After a sight, I preach a nice message. No. But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. So there is a privileged suffering. Privileged suffering. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Philippians 3, 13. 12. Fourteen. Fifteen. Trying to get the scripture where he said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Philippians 3.10, okay. Scriptures, we used to do memorization. Now we don't do those things again. Memorize scriptures in your head. Now we are memorizing sequins. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. That was somebody's ambition 
to suffer for Christ. Philippians 1.29. Hallelujah. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him. Hallelujah. You are walking on the sun, looking for somebody to preach to, evangelizing. That's a good suffering. That is a privileged suffering. Because some people even want to suffer like that, they don't get it. They are in darkness. So when you have the opportunity to preach to other people, it is a privilege. Hallelujah. It is what? A privilege. When you are at the workplace, and everybody is trying to do the wrong thing, and you alone say, no, I will not do this because I am a child of God. And they, helped, they hate you. That is a privileged suffering. You have to clap for yourself because you are suffering good. It's a good suffering. Hallelujah. Yesterday night, a lady sent me a message. All my friends are getting married. Except me. And I said, you are not your friends. You can't compare yourself to other people. Hallelujah. If you are not finding somebody to marry because everybody who comes around wants to have sex before they marry, and you say, no, I am a child of God. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And because of that, you are single. Clap for yourself. Hallelujah. It is a good, privileged suffering. Hello? Oh, but if you do that, Charlie, you'll be single for long ago. There was a guy who said that uh, this purity, purity thing, ladies will be 30 years, they won't find a husband. You will be the one who will be 40 years, you won't find a wife. Hallelujah. It's a good suffering. That you are 39 and you don't have wife and you don't have husband. Just because you say you are pure. But do you know something? Read your Bible. Those of you who believe in those lies, you don't know God. Read your Bible. Nobody stood for God and God did not stand for them. No. Nobody. Nobody made a look at Daniel. Look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These were people who were unapologetically convinced of their God. That nothing you would do would change them. But see how God came through for them. God promoted Daniel from one stage to the other. And those who compromised, nobody heard of them again. Those who are deceiving you that way, they want to shatter your life like the way their own lives have been shattered. They want to kill your voice like the way their own voice has been killed. They don't want you to have the boldness to preach the same way. They are also in their corner just eating and drinking and they cannot speak about Christ. Don't be held captive by those lies. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him. Let's go, let me close with this one. Acts chapter 16, let's go back. Verse 27. So when Paul and Silas were in the prison, they became a channel through which the jailer and the family became saved. 28. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we are here. 29. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. 30. He then brought them out and asked, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. 
Hallelujah. Do you see that? So Paul and Silas became a channel through which the jailer and the family were saved. Example number three. I spoke about Lot. We spoke about Noah. Paul and Silas. Example number three. God always needs people. And the circumstances are all different for all of them. In this case, they had to go to prison for them to meet somebody in prison whose family needed salvation. So you can even go through a certain trial for Christ just because your positioning will be necessary to meet another person. But look at this. It is not enough to go through the trial. You must have the word in you. You can go through useless suffering. This is I'm teaching. They are too deep. I have to take my time to break it down because there are people in church who are suffering. Eh? We have uh, one day. I think I have to teach on suffering. We have all kinds of suffering. Some of you, your suffering is because of your stubbornness. Your suffering is because of your mistakes. I'm talking about a suffering which is because you have decided to live for God because you are a Christian. Paul and Silas did not find themselves in the prison just because they don't know what to do with their life. If you go to Acts 16, from around the verse 16, there about, okay, once they were going to the place of prayer, where were they going? Where were they going? Were they going to the nightclub? Were they going to the beer bar? Were they going to the prostitute joint? They were going to the place of prayer when they met this girl. Even before the place of prayer, give me verse 6 or so, you could see that these apostles, they have tried to enter different towns to preach, but the Spirit of God refused them. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia, 7. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Britannia, but the spirit of Jesus will not allow them. Number two. So the Holy Spirit was in the movement. Listen to me. If you are suffering, just do your own analysis. Is God in this? What is the cause of my suffering? Hallelujah. What is the cause of my suffering? Verse 8, look at it. So they passed Mysia and went down to Troas. 9. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. Verse 10. When he woke up, after Paul had seen the vision, he got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So this was a man whose movements were ordered by the Spirit of God. Movement number one. Movement number two. When most of you are confusionists, you are very confused. But God is delivering you through this month of evangelism. Because God wants to prepare you and use you. 
She posted a picture of a guy who was holding a laptop, sitting on a student bed. This in tertiary. And there was a lady in very short knicker and bent like this. And you could see the ties. Then she posted that picture and wrote under it, Charlie, you are killing the UCC guy so. And the next thing you see is a scripture. Confucianist. Confused. But after today, as it was said concerning Noah, as it was said concerning Lot, may it be that you will be troubled by the evil in your generation. And may that move you to preach Christ to other people. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's be on our feet. Let's be on our feet. Do we have the instrumentalists around? Hallelujah. We just want to pray one prayer. And I want you to pray that prayer seriously. Or two prayers, actually. Number one, you are praying that Father revive, rekindle my love for lost souls. Because some of us, our love for lost souls is gone. You don't want anybody to be saved because you had only 100 Ghana CD and somebody stole it. It pain you so much that you want every thief to go to hell. Next week, we'll continue. You'll see, I'll show you the tools of evangelism. And one of the tools of evangelism is love. You can never evangelize effectively if the love of God is not in your heart. There was a time when I was a student, I was attacked by armed robbers, two armed robbers. I was on the floor. They whipped me with cutlass. They don't have, you see, they don't have the Holy Spirit, so they don't know who to attack. You don't attack a poor student. If you have anybody to attack, attack rich student. You don't attack a student with only five CD in his pocket. You are not a sensitive arm robber. Hallelujah. Midnight, I was on the floor. They took pen drive. The pen drive too was not my pen drive. Somebody's pen drive. They took it. Took my phone. The, the, the five CD, they didn't take it. They didn't see where it was. When you have something small, you, you have to know how to protect it. <laughs> Hallelujah. But they beat me well. My back here, it wasn't easy. With cutlass. When I left, the following day, there's a park around the school where we pray. Every dawn, every night. Beloved, God is my witness. When I went to the park, the following day, at dawn, I went to pray for them. Because what will I, already where they are going, they are on their way to hell. Something must move them to the light. I went to pray for them. I didn't pray for them because I want to. But the love of God constrained me to pray for them. There are some of you who should even pray for some guys who broke your heart. You, you pray for them not because you want them back. But where they are going, if God does not step in, they will become useless on earth and hell bound. So you pray for them. Hallelujah. You are going to pray right now. The Father, rekindle my love for Lord's souls. And number two, you are praying that God, I want to be a dependable vehicle 
of salvation in my generation. That when all others are going the wrong way, give me the grace to stand for you. When all others are sinning, give me the grace to walk in righteousness. Lift your voice and prayer in the name of Jesus. Lift your voice right now and pray. Pray these two prayers. In the name of Jesus, pray these two prayers. In the name of Jesus, Thank you for listening to the Voice of Revival. Join our live transforming youth service from 11 a.m. every Sunday at the Revival City of the Hacho Atomic Road, Boshe Mango Lane, Naman Road. Our postal address is AN12219, Accra North. Our email address is akwogrm at yahoo.com and our website address is www.globalrevivalministries.org For copies of this and other messages, kindly visit the Revival Store located at the church premises, Revival City, Hachu or call 055-3070-288 or log on to our website www.globalrevivalministries.org to make your orders or to download video and audio messages. God richly bless you.